Good morning. Welcome to Northfield Christian Fellowship. My name is Micah. Uh, Turn in your Bibles to the book of Ephesians. We're going to pick up in Ephesians chapter 5. Last week, Brian ended his passage in verse 21 of Ephesians chapter 5, which says, submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. So now this week, our entire theme for the remainder of the chapter and into chapter 6, the whole theme is submitting. So aren't you glad you came? You'll notice the unique spelling of the word submit on the board, and that's because some people happen to think submit is a four-letter word. But I'm here to tell you it is not a four-letter word. So let's pray before I begin. Thank you, Father, that your word is true, your word is sufficient, your word is good, and as we come to um, what is a a tough passage and a challenging passage for both men and women and parents and children and employers and employees, uh, Father, may our hearts be soft to receive the truth of your word that we may live in a manner that glorifies you, we pray in your son's name, amen. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. That's verse 21. The Greek word here used for submitting in chapter 5, it's a military term. It means to rank under someone. When you and I submit, we rank ourselves under one another. And as Christians, that is how we are to live. We're to rank ourselves under one another. Even those in authority are called to submit to one another out of reverence for Christ. And Paul in our passage this week is going to show us what it looks like to submit to one another at the most foundational level of society, the family. How does each member of the family submit to one another? So read with me in Ephesians chapter 5, starting in verse 22, and we're going to read all the way to chapter 6, verse 9. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body, and is himself its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound, and I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband." On into chapter 6. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with a promise that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. 
Bond servants, obey your earthly masters with fear and trembling, with a sincere heart as you would Christ, not by the way of eye service as people pleasers, but as bond servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord and not to man, knowing that whatever good anyone does, this he will receive back from the Lord, whether he is a bond servant or is free. Masters, do the same to them and stop your threatening, knowing that he who is both their master and yours is in heaven and there is no partiality with him. We live in a world that is absolutely hostile to the biblical principles of submission and headship. Submission is looked at as weakness, subservience, Headship, especially male headship, is seen as authoritarian, chauvinistic. And the result of this has been a complete breakdown of the family. Nearly half of all marriages end in divorce. Two and a half million each year right here in America. That's one divorce every 12 seconds in our country alone. The marriages that do stay together, a lot of them, they're completely dysfunctional, sadly, with unloving husbands, unyielding wives, unruly children. As Christians, you and I are called to be different. The Bible gives us an entirely different picture of what the home should look like. In the book of Song of Solomon, the husband in that book was a king. Yet his interaction with his wife was defined by love rather than authority. The wife clearly recognized her husband's authority, but she didn't fight it. She actually sang about it. She said, with great delight, I sat in his shadow, and his fruit was sweet to my taste. He brought me to the banqueting house, and his banner over me was love. Here in our passage today, we see details on what leads to a functional, joyful home. We see details on what submission looks like, both for the one in authority and the one under authority. And this is one of those passages where it's easy to focus on the other person's responsibility, not yours. Husbands, if you sit here right now with what I'm about to say to the wives and think, oh, I hope she gets a whole load about submission today. You need to change your heart right now and say, God, help me to receive what you command of me, not my wife. Wives, the same. If you can't wait for me to get done with these first couple of verses so that we can focus on all the ways that your husband should be loving you better, I also ask you to change your heart and say, God, help me to receive what you command of me, not my husband. Because you can't change your spouse. Only God can. But you can yield to the Spirit in your own life so that you may be further sanctified in the home. So with that, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. That is a tough command. 
Even if our culture agreed with this command, it would still be tough. But then you add to the fact that all those around you, they laugh at such a notion, or worse yet, they're offended at such a notion as wives submitting to your husbands. And it becomes a really difficult task. Wives submit to your own husbands. Here's what a wife's submission does not mean. It does not mean the wife is inferior in any way. As a woman, as an adult, as one created in the image of God, there is no difference in value or privilege between the wife and the husband. The distinctions are in roles and functions assigned to each spouse by God, but the wife is not inferior. Paul said in the book of Galatians, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is no male and female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. Submission for the wife also does not mean agreement. You don't have to agree in order to be submissive. You're not called to be a doormat, always walked on, always expected to say, yes, dear. Your thoughts and opinions should be welcomed and sought out even when you don't agree with your husband. I would say especially if you don't agree. Your thoughts and opinions should be welcomed. A wife's submission is not servanthood. You are one with your husband. He is not above you he is to be one with you. Later in the passage, Paul commands children to obey their parents. And he also commands servants to obey their masters. But Paul does not use that term, that word obey, for the wives because wives, the husbands are not above their wives. Just because God has placed husbands as the head of the wives doesn't mean the husband gets to be the master above his wife. Husbands and wives are to be one flesh. Submission is also not having no influence. A wife should rightfully have much influence on her husband and in the home. If there's a decision to be made in the home, the husband should seek out input and advice from his wife. A good husband will welcome his wife's influence. Submission to the wife is also not putting your husband above Christ. You're not called to enable your husband to sin, for example. Your husband is to submit always to Christ. If your husband asks you to do something that violates your conscience, who comes first? Your husband or Jesus? Jesus. Here's what a wife's submission does mean. First, a wife's submission is striving to obey God first and foremost. Look at the end of verse 22. Wives, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. 
This is why you are submit to your husbands. This is the motive for your submission. If the reason you submit to your husband is because you just love him so much and he's just so wonderful that he's easy to submit to, give it a couple weeks. That'll change. No husband is easy to submit to. Every husband on the planet is a deeply flawed individual who wrestles with his own sin and selfishness, just as you do. Your motive for submission is not because your husband is so great. He's not, and you already knew that. Your motive for submission is that when you submit to your husband, you are submitting to your Savior. Submission is hard. It was hard for Jesus. He sweat drops of blood in the garden as he wrestled with submitting to the Father. And he was submitting to a perfect God. How much tougher is it to submit to an imperfect human? You don't submit to your husband for the sake of submitting to your husband. You submit to your husband because when you do, you're doing it as to the Lord. You're striving to obey God first and foremost. Second, a wife's submission is accepting your husband's God-given authority. Verse 23, for the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, his body and is himself its savior. Back in Genesis 3, Right after Adam and Eve had sinned, one of the results of their sin is God said to Eve, your desire shall be for your husband, but he shall rule over you. God was not talking about Eve's desire for her husband as physical or emotional. Those desires already existed prior to the fall in both the man and the woman. The desire for your husband that God spoke of all the way back in Genesis 3 is one of authority wanting to rule over your husband. It was the birth of feminism and chauvinism when Adam and Eve fell. Your desire shall be for your husband, feminism, and he shall rule over you, chauvinism. Ever since then, it's in a wife's sinful nature to want to rule over her husband. Just as it's in a husband's sinful nature to be unloving to his wife. And Paul here in this passage, he speaks to both of these. He reminds his wife in verse 23 that even though your nature is to seek dominance over your husband, God has placed the husband as the head of the wife even as Christ is the head of the church. Third, a wife's submission is comprehensive. Verse 24, as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. In other words, you don't get to pick and choose where and how you'll submit to your husbands. Your submission is to be comprehensive in everything. That sounds terrible, doesn't it? In everything? Consider this. You know who will be held accountable for the decisions your husband makes? 
your husband. Wives, there's freedom in knowing that when you submit to your husband, not only are you submitting to Christ, you're also not accountable for his decisions. He is. Fourth, a wife's submission is respecting your husband. Jumping down to the last part of verse 33, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Wives, you notice in this passage that you never see that you're not called to love your husband anywhere here. You're called to respect him. Now, you are called to love your husband in Scripture. The command to love one another is all over the place in the New Testament. But why do you think Paul here in this passage commands you to respect your husband, not love your husband? He tells the, wife, the, the husbands, he commands them to love their wives. Why doesn't he tell the wives to love their husbands? Because the struggle... For anyone under authority is to not respect the one in authority. Same reason why husbands are told to love their wives, because the struggle for anyone in authority is to be unloving toward those under their authority. But wives, God calls you to respect your husband. Some of you sitting here today, you look at your husband and you think, I love this man so much, I want to control him. (laughs) That's not submission. Submission is first and foremost striving to obey God. It's accepting your husband's God-given authority. It's comprehensive and it's respecting your husband. Your husband may or may not deserve any of this. Your call to submit is a call to sanctification in your own life. It has nothing to do with whether or not your husband deserves it. It has everything to do with being set apart, different from the world's disastrous recipe for marriage. That's it. That's all I have to say to you wives. So you can take a nap for the next 10 minutes if you want. But you're probably curious what I'm going to say to the husbands, so feel free to listen. Husbands. Paul devoted three tiny verses in this section to the wives. He devoted three times that amount aimed at you and me. In verse 21... Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ, that applies every bit as much to us as it does to our wives. Just because God has called us to be the head of the wife doesn't mean we don't submit. It means our submission takes on a different form. So husbands, here is what our submission is not. It's not superiority. You are no more important, no more special, no more a child of God than your wife. Just because God gave you bigger muscles and a pair of sunglasses doesn't make you superior in any way. There's a story about a rancher down in Texas. 
in a drug enforcement agent. He pulls up to his lane to expect the rancher's lamb. The agent is dripping with superiority. And he informs the rancher that he has arrived to inspect his land for any illegal um, plants being grown. The rancher says, that's fine, but stay out of that field over there. And the DEA agent, he pulls out his badge. He says, you don't tell me where I can and cannot go. This badge tells me where I can and cannot go. So the rancher, he apologizes and walks off to go continue on with his chores. About five minutes later, he hears loud screaming from the field over there. And he looks over and he sees the drug enforcement agent sprinting across the bull, the, the field with a bull chasing him. And so the rancher runs over to the fence and just as the bull is about to gore this officer, the, the rancher yells out to the officer, your badge, show him your badge. Some of you husbands, maybe you act a little bit like a DEA officer to your wife. You treat her with an air of superiority, and you wonder why you're getting gored in your marriage. You're not superior to your wife. Do not confuse your authority with superiority. A husband's submission is also not harsh. You know what the biggest struggle for my wife Suzanne is? The biggest hurdle for her to submit to me is when I'm harsh. My role as a husband gives me no right to be short-tempered, condescending, harsh. Paul wrote a very similar passage of what we're looking at today in Ephesians. He wrote the similar passage in the book of Colossians. And there he says, husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Submission for the husband is also not putting your wife above Christ. It is, however, putting your wife above yourself. You know, last month when Linda Horton died, Stu gave the most precious picture of what it looks like. He spoke at her funeral service and he described their marriage. He said, I always considered her to be number one in the home and me second. We are to put our wives above ourselves, but not above our Savior. Does your wife's desire conflict with your Savior's desires? You should want to submit to her desires. But if her desires are contrary to God, who comes first, your wife or Jesus? Jesus. Here's what a husband's submission is. First, it is loving Verse 25, husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church. That's a high calling for us. How did Christ love the church? Perfectly, unconditionally, selflessly. That's how we're called to love our wives. 
We're not commanded to love our wives because they're so pretty or they're so sweet. We're commanded to love our wives because just as the church needs Christ's love, so our wives need our love. Is your wife unlovable? So are you. So is the church. Is your wife a disappointment? So are you. So is the church. I'm not called to love my wife only when she's lovable. I'm called to love my wife regardless of whether she's lovable. If you and I simply love our wives because of their wonderful characteristics, that's not loving our wives as Christ loved the church. Imagine if all your wife's great qualities were to just disappear in an instant you would still be called to love her. And in fact, that would be a much more accurate picture of what it looks like to love your wife as Christ loved the church. Second, a, wife, a, a husband's submission is sacrificial. Look at the end of verse 25. And gave himself up for her. What did Christ give up for the church? Everything. Everything. His time, his thoughts, his glory, his throne, his convenience, his life. For a husband to love a wife like Christ loved the church is to give everything you have for her, including your own life if necessary. You know what's hard for me to give up? The little things. I would die for Suzanne, no problem. But to give up 30 seconds of my time when I'm busy, or to give up 10 minutes of my affection when she's hurting, I find that more difficult. Husbands, you and I are called to give up everything for our wives. Third, a husband's submission is sanctifying. Verses 26 and 27, that he might sanctify her having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing that she might be holy and without blemish. In ancient Greece, a bride-to-be would be taken down to a local river and bathed before her wedding. It was a ceremonial act to show that whatever she had done in the past, she was now clean so that she could enter into her marriage without any moral blemishes. What Christ did for the church is an infinitely greater cleansing because it was not ceremonial. It was actual, spiritual, eternal, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. Because Christ loves the church so much that he's not satisfied with letting us remain unsanctified. Husbands, we are also to be not satisfied with letting our wives remain unsanctified. Is your wife the spiritual leader in the home? Why? Why have you burdened her with that responsibility? It's yours. Your submission to your wife is to be sanctifying. Fourth, a husband's submission is also to be 
nurturing. Verses 28 through 30, in the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. For he who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. Just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Men, we may be stronger, but we are not tougher. Your wife, if she's a mother, she gave birth to a bowling ball. I can hardly handle Taco Tuesday. I mean, when I'm not well, I run to the cabinet and take four Advil. Suzanne will wait for three days before she takes one Advil. When my flesh is not well, I nourish it. We're called to do that in our marriage. Is your relationship with your wife not well? We are called to love our wives as our own bodies. Fifth, the husband's submission is to be unbreakable. Verses 31 and 32. Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The word here, to hold fast, is the same word for glue or cement. We don't hold fast to our wives like tape. We hold fast to our wives like cement. Because cement is stronger than tape. Just as we are to be stronger. In the book of 1 Peter, the apostle tells us that wives are the weaker vessel. That is not a put-down. Men are bricks. Women are pottery. Like a priceless piece of pottery, wives are to be treated as precious because they're fragile. They're breakable. And you and I as husbands, we are called to be unbreakable in our love for them and in our submission to their needs. Back to verse 21 of Ephesians 5. Submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. As Christians, you and I are called to be different from the world. The world mocks the thought of submission. You and I are to cherish the thought of submission. It was modeled to us perfectly by our Savior. You may have noticed that we're only halfway through the passage. So... Just 30 more minutes. (laughs) Actually, the sermon is almost over. But the passage goes on to describe the submissive relationship between children and parents, and between servants and masters, or employees and employers in our society. Because whatever your role is in life, God calls us as Christians to submit to one another. God has also defined those under authority and those in authority, but all of us are called to submit. Whether you're a wife, a child, an employee, God has established authority over you, and he calls you to submit, not because you're less important, less capable, any less a child of God. You are called to submit because in every one of those examples in our passage today, when you submit to your God-given authorities, you're doing it in obedience to your Savior. 
for those in authority, husbands, parents, employers. God calls you to submit. You are to submit to the needs, the well-being, the nurture of those under you by loving and caring for them. I realize submission isn't easy. I fail at it daily. I also know that Susanna and I experience the greatest satisfaction in our marriage when I submit to her in loving leadership and when she submits to me in respecting me as the head. Some of you have tough marriages. The wife doesn't submit to her husband. The husband shows no love to the wife. He's a grump. She's a nag. You can always find something wrong with your spouse because your spouse isn't Jesus, and neither are you. You can't change your spouse, but you can yield to God's word and how he calls you to submit. And you may be surprised to find how your obedience to God's word might just lead to your spouse's obedience to God's word over time. Children, when you submit in obedience to your parents, life is more pleasant for you. It's just easier. Parents, when you submit to your children's needs, not provoking them, but bringing them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Your children become such a blessing. Employees, when you submit to your boss, rendering service with a good will as to the Lord, you'll find that you actually enjoy your job more. Employers, when you do the same to them, as chapter 6 says, submitting to the needs and well-being of your workers, you may just find that your business runs more smoothly. It's not a solution for some magical blessing in the home or the workplace. It's God's precept for who you are to be and how you are to live as his children submitting to one another out of reverence for Christ. Let's pray. Lord God, you give us commands that are humanly impossible for a wife to submit in everything to her husband for a husband to love our wives as Christ loved the church perfectly, without fail. And yet, Father, you tell us that with God all things are possible. Your forgiveness is never ending. It is an overflowing river. And I ask, Lord God, where we fail our spouses that you would lead us to repentance, that you would bring forgiveness in the home, that you would uh, challenge each one of us, Lord God, with the wives here. May they see submission not as the world sees it, as something to be shunned and taken offended at. May they see it as an opportunity to obey you and glorify you in the home.
Father, for us husbands, may we see submission as a high calling to love our wives in desire to uh, submit to their wishes in every way possible. May we see our authority as uh, not a privilege, but a responsibility in the home, that we are accountable to you. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your precious son who modeled submission. God himself came down and did not consider equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself. Thank you for your son who did that on our behalf. We don't deserve it. And he did it because we needed that love. Thank you, Jesus. We pray this in your precious name. Amen.